Greetings, listeners. I'm Carla Golden, and I'm here with Ethan McCurdy. We are top of the noggin. That is the Neuroscience Outreach Group at NYU. And we're bringing you the latest cutting-edge breakthroughs in neuroscience, technology, and neuroscience and culture. Today is the third episode in our multi-part series, Applying to Graduate School, where we're discussing the ins and outs of applying to neuroscience programs from the perspectives of students who recently decide to take the leap and apply to neuroscience graduate school programs to successful applicants who are now doing their PhDs in neuroscience here at NYU, to faculty and staff who can fill in the black box about what goes on behind the curtain. So you've sent out your application, you've heard back from some programs you like, and you're getting ready to meet the faculty that you might be working for one day. So the question is now, how do you present yourself and your background to make the best possible impression at your interview? To gain some perspective, we first spoke to NYU faculty and staff, some you heard from in the last two episodes, who will be on the other end of an application. First, we spoke to David Chopik, an assistant professor at NYU Langone's Neuroscience Institute and SAGE of Graduate School Applications, who sits on graduate applications committees. So when a student comes to interview, what can they expect from the process? How can they stand out um, in a way that's, you know, building on and maybe in addition to what you've already seen on paper? There is one surefire way to look good in an interview, and that is at some point to say some variation on, could you tell me a little bit about your research? And the best way to do the, could you tell me a little bit about your research is to have browsed a title or again, an abstract of the people you're gonna meet and say, oh, you know, I noticed in this paper, you did this thing that I was interested in and then shut the heck up. You will have talked all day and interviewed all day. And you know, there's nothing that faculty like to talk about more than themselves and their research program. Also, don't forget most of the applicants all of the applicants really have multiple interviews from multiple schools. So we're trying to recruit you. So if you do that and you just sit back, maybe ask a question or two in the middle, right? Even, uh, oh, could you tell me a little bit more about that? Or, wow, how did you get interested in that? Tell me about that, right? You can coast for the last part of that interview and you're going to come out looking really good because what the faculty member is going to remember is that they talked about their absolute favorite thing which is themselves and their research program with you and so you know you must have been pretty interesting if they got to talk about something so fascinating for the first few minutes though you'll want to have a little bit prepared about what it is that you did right? What, what did you study? What did you learn? What was hard? How did you overcome it? Same questions that you're answering in your application. But remember, the faculty members that are not on the admissions committee have not read your application necessarily. And so ask questions when there is a lull and engage the faculty members and you will stand out. Next, we spoke with Heather McKellar, the executive director of the Neuroscience Institute, about what makes for a strong interview. So let's say you're, you've prepared, you've put, you've put together a good application. Now you've landed your dream interview at NYU. And how do you prepare? Like what, what makes a good interview? And are, is there anything especially that you should not do during an interview? Like the, both, both advice and then advice, advice against. 
So um, at least at NYU, we give everyone a week to prepare for their interview. So we'll give them a schedule the week before they arrive. You know, let's say you have six interviews. You definitely want to be taking some time and reading their last couple of papers. And if there's something that's like their biggest impact paper, you can obviously read that too. Um, you know, beware that whatever is there in their paper is stuff that they were doing two years ago, five years ago, things like that. They're onto a, a new project. So we ask about what the new projects are and what they're excited about in, in the fields. Um, and I, what kind of projects you could be doing if you were to rotate and join their lab. Those are all really good questions. Um, questions about, about how students are supported are good. Um, but faculty are definitely gonna get excited about talking about their own research. And, I, and you should be excited about talking about your own research too. And I think coming prepared with some questions for the faculty about their work is really important, but also being able to talk about the implications of your own work. So sort of the longer version of what you've put into your research statement. So what was the work that you did? What were the implications? Be ready to talk about the um, limitations of what you did. So be careful about making really statements about exactly how important the work that you did was in the field, especially if the faculty you're meeting with might be someone who's very well versed in the field. Just make sure you're not overstating what you've been doing, but you also don't want to understate it. If you really had uh, an independent role in this project and saw it to completion, make sure you're making that clear that you're ready for your own independent research. Interviews aren't just the time that you're spending with the faculty you're, well, post-pandemic. We're gonna go back to, hopefully, times when we can have um, interactions with the broader community. You're gonna be spending a lot of time with the current students in the program, a lot of time that's not supervised by faculty or staff, um, but you are still on. That is still part of the interview. You are still being, um, examined for your fit for the program and so you want to also take that as a professional experience have fun get to know the students um, get to know the community figure out if it's a place that you can see yourself for five to six years but don't get drunk don't um, say dumb things um, those things have happened and they have tanked applicants in the past so be careful be careful but you can use those times to ask like genuine questions from the students if they're those unsupervised times you can i'm sure get real answers for students about uh, the program is great and maybe what some of the areas that are not as great are next we wanted to hear from some students who had gone through the process and came out on the other side Maya Hopkins, a second year PhD student at the NYU Neuroscience Institute, talked with us a little bit about her experience during graduate interviews. How did you prepare for the interviews? Um, I basically skimmed some papers if they gave me a schedule of who I was seeing. I don't think I actually like full in-depth read papers unless there was one really similar to what I did because I knew if we did similar work, they would probably get into the specifics about experiments I ran or how it relates to their research. So sort of knowing how in depth you'll probably have to explain your work to them if they're in the field or if they use the same techniques. 
Were there any fun or weird moments about the interview process at any of the institutions, especially the other institutions? I think they tried to plant a seed because I think Paul Glimcher was like, there's been research to show that the first place you interview at, you'll likely matriculate if you get accepted. And NYU had just moved up their date, so they were like one of the first ones. And I was like, oh, okay, sure. And then here I am. Um, but for other ones, it was just general, like I didn't know how often I was gonna have to do small talk with like other grad students and also the people I was interviewing, like the other students interviewing. Because I was just like, oh, I have to fill the time while this like third year grad student walks me from place to place and they don't even know where they're going. So I think there was one guy who I was like, oh, you have a cat. We're just gonna talk about cats. <laughs> um, and he built like a whole, whole thing in his room so his cats could like walk on walls and stuff. So it's actually pretty interesting. But regarding just general encounters, I definitely interviewed with someone. I shook his hand when I walked in and then he put his hand out again for my coat and <laughs> to hang on like a hook or something. And I just shook his hand again. <laughs> and it was all very bizarre. I've got one for you. I, cre I had this faux pas. I was interviewing at, um, I was interviewing at Cornell, and this professor is like one of these, like you know, like one of the social, like ones where you're pretty much done with the formal interviews. You do the, you've already done the social events with grad students, but it's like you know, like when they do one of the final like formal dinners, and it'll be like the professors and the students. And I was talking with this professor, and we both like had a glass of wine and like you know like an hors d'oeuvres plate or something or he at least had both they had like one and um we had had this interesting conversation um and then he was encouraging me to come to the university and i was like you know i was just so nervous i was like thank you thank you so much and i like reached out my hand to shake and he was like had his glass of wine or his plate or one of the other and he like i think is like reflexively his pinky went out <laughs> and i reached out and just shook his pinky <laughs> and we didn't say anything and we both just looked in like the empty space of the moment and like walked away from each other and I was just like <laughs> go <Kill me> now <laughs> no. that is that is bad yes it was it was like real bad <laughs> it was so awkward but um, it's funny you mentioned you know it's like like, yeah, people don't realize how engaged you are the entire weekend because it's like there are the interviews with the professors, but really the whole weekend is an interview because you're talking with the students and you always have to be engaged. I had a friend when one of the social activities uh, came up, then an option was to go to a museum and he said i just went to like the min like the modern art and like the minimalist art section and just walked around blank paintings because it was all my mind could do at the moment to just look space out and like not think about anything for a while there was one interview i went to where they had like you could choose what events you did on like the last day or something and they had a bar bar crawl and like a board game night. I'm like, totally, I would usually be all for the bar crawl, but I was like, I can't <laughs> with all of you. There's gonna be so much just talk, like at least board games, there's like, we're doing something. I don't have to just talk to you. Uh, 
on top of the awkward handshake, I had another awkward handshake, which involved, I don't know if you saw um, the cartoon Into the Spider-Verse, no. Well, I'm obsessed with John Mulaney and he plays one of the like Spider-Mans. It's basically a bunch of different Spider-Mans in one movie. So like all the different versions from the comic books. And there's this one scene where he's like, he goes to shake someone's hand and his hand is wet. And it's just like, says something like, my hand is wet. I was just in the bathroom, no other reason. <laughs> and I really, I went, I went to the bathroom between interviews and then I think the dryer wasn't working or there weren't towels so I just didn't do anything I just like shook it dry and then we were walking somewhere and I thought the interview was further away and it would dry by the time I got there but it had not oh, no. <laughs> so it was just slightly damp <laughs> why I like COVID there aren't any like handshakes or hugs yeah. <laughs> it's uh the advice to find a good dryer like always carry paper towels doesn't mean anything in this age like like the handshake is is a dead <laughs> it's a dead form of greeting you just have to make sure your elbows aren't for some reason you know like uh damp for whatever reason Lastly, we spoke to Andrew Ma, a third-year graduate student, about his experience interviewing at NYU, what it's like to be on the other side, and his advice for burgeoning interviewees. I'm Andrew Ma, and I'm a graduate student at NYU with Christian Constantinople. And so you interviewed how long ago? Two years ago, 2018. And what was it like, especially when you came to NYU? Yeah, so NYU was actually my first interview of the season, so it was early January. Um, and honestly, it was incredibly intimidating for me um, because I came from a very small undergrad. So we didn't have a lot of like technology that some like other people use in their research. So for example, I had never heard of two photon imaging. I had no idea what it was and people were talking about it. And I just had to like nod along and act like it was like something that I was familiar with. So that was very intimidating, but you know, it must've been okay. Um, so, the day it started out with some like presentations by the professors here so the head of the program dick chen came in and gave us a talk um, about some general overviews of the question followed by heather heather mckeller um, and then some professors came in to do quick little like five minute research uh presentations which i thought was really cool and i thought that was a really useful way of just like briefly introducing us to a lot of professors, um, especially since a lot of them were professors that I wasn't very familiar with their work. Um, so it was nice to see sort of a broad overview of what NYU was doing. Um, and then in terms of the number of professors I met with, um, overall we had um, six, inter uh, most people had like five or six interviews and split up over two days, um, except for me who had five interviews on the first day because uh, I was a very computationally minded person. I guess I still technically am. But down, the NYU program is split uptown and downtown, and downtown tends to be more computational in systems, and uptown is more molecular cellular. Um, and since a lot of my interests were very uh, computational systems, I ended up interviewing with five professors on Thursday and then one professor on Friday who was also downtown. Um, so I interviewed with very few uptown professors. 
Um, so that was a bit of a marathon. It was very tiring, but it was great. I had a lot of really interesting conversations with a lot of the professors. I ended up rotating with one of the professors or two of the professors that I interviewed with, uh, which was really cool. Did you know who uh, you were going to interview with before you came? No. So on the form, you indicate some professors that you are interested in. And I got to interview with all of those. And then um, they send you their schedule, I think, the day of. Did you have time to look into their research or is it sort of like a fully new conversation? And a lot of it was fairly new. I, for all of them, I like quick, briefly read their lab website beforehand to get like a general idea. But it was also, it was so very high stress that like I didn't really understand much of it. And I was talking with so many people that it was hard to keep it all straight. Um, but a lot of them were very nice and like, talked about their research to me at a level that I feel like I understood better than just like hurriedly reading their um, their lab pages right before. Um, yeah, I think that's a benefit of if it's a natural conversation where you haven't, you know, now in these days day and age, you can Google something <laughs> before you like meet somebody and then you kind of already know the basic facts about them, but having that authentic. Yeah, and I feel like at least knowing the basics was was sort of enough to have an organic conversation you know like I didn't read any of their papers or anything like that but I was still able to have good conversations by just like knowing the basics and showing some like at least like general interest and in, like trying to get related back to what I'm more comfortable with and that seemed to be like a fairly good strategy. That's, that's good advice um, and did you ask them a lot of questions or are they sort of running the show? Um, it depended some of them were a lot more like were a bit more intense and were asking me lots of questions and sort of like grilling me. But a lot, um, some others were just like genuinely interested in the research that I had done in undergrad. Um, so we talked a lot about that. So I think there's a bit of a mix and sort of have to feel it out. But I tried to ask as many questions as I could um, because, you know, these professors, um, whether you work with them or not, are still sort of part of the community and they sort of set the culture. I wanted to get what their takes on in addition to their research. Did you come in with a prepared little spiel of about your undergrad research? Yeah, so my professors um, in undergrad were very intense and so they gave me a lot of advice, um, lots and lots of advice about interviews. And one of the things was to have a five minute spiel that you can just give about your research because you're going to give that a thousand and one times throughout the course throughout the course of the interview season, um, even outside of interviews, just when you're like talking with the other interviewees or talking with other professors at a, um, at like a social event or something, it's really great to just have like a five minute spiel that you can um, quickly go through. Yeah, that's great advice. And you probably get better at it as you go through it too. Yeah, exactly. It's also a, a bit of a learning process. Uh, some of my earlier interviews took some more time. Also knowing what questions it's also nice to have like a set of maybe like four or five questions that you know that you want to ask every professor so if you need to come to them because the conversation has come to a natural end it's always good to have those to pull out as well do you remember any of the conversations or questions you had prepared um so one of them that i thought was a very um enlightening question was like what drew you as a professor to the university so i asked that at like every school um, because, you know, the professors, they also make a conscious choice to work there. They have to interview. They are probably choosing among schools. So there must have been something about that university that drew them there. Um, and then I also asked, like, what 
asked what they liked doing outside of the um, university, like in the city, because um, I'd never lived in a large city. So I was just also interested in like city culture. Um, also just to see like, how well do these professors, like, you know, are these professors always in lab? Do they expect their students always to be in lab? Or they, can they give me fun little things about, you know, New York or wherever you're interviewing at? Did you get the sense when you were an interviewee and now as a student who interviews prospective students that interviews is about getting a sense of a whole person in addition to what's on paper? Yeah, exactly. So one of the advice that my undergrad professors gave me, and I think they said it at one of the schools I can't remember, but to have gotten an interview means that the school thinks that you are a qualified individual, that you would, um, that you have the credentials to do graduate school at this school. And so the interview process afterwards is more just to see whether you would fit into this, the school as like a cultural or like, you know, a more well-rounded person kind of thing. Um, so that was, I think that also helped inform the kind of way that you should interact. Like the school thinks that you have the credentials to be there and they just want to make sure that you would fit in and this would be like an environment that you would succeed in. And what do you look for when you're interviewing? I just try to make sure that they're like, they fit the culture more so than like the research like everyone that i've met with has done impressive research everyone has been incredibly um talented and very smart but it's more down to like do you think that they would thrive in the kind of environment that nyu has um those sorts of things which is like a very sort of hard thing to tell but like you know it when you feel it sort of thing yeah something that i looked for when i was at mount sinai which is also in new york city uh, was whether or not they would be people, a person who could handle living in a city for a long time. Because we had a few graduate students who were part of the then roles, and then it was just too difficult for them to be in New York, which is understandable. It's not. For yeah, it, it was a big culture shock, and that was definitely the number one thing that I was nervous about at it in NYU because I grew up in rural Virginia. I went to school in rural Virginia, so to have gone to New York. My first time going to New York was to interview at NYU. I'd literally never been before. So it was incredibly intimidating. Just getting out of LaGuardia almost killed me. Um, so it was very intimidating. Um, and so I definitely also asked a lot of questions about just living in the city. Like, is the stipend enough to uh, afford living in the city? Um, and a lot of, I got some good advice also about people who were also from small towns about living in the city. Um, which I think eased my anxieties a lot. Does the faculty ask for your input on the students? Yeah, they do. So at the very end, we give them sort of general broad strokes, um, thoughts, particularly the student hosts. So students who interview at NYU have like a, an assigned like point person as a grad student. Um, so they ask for our feedback at the end. And like, it's not like we're the secret spies trying to like catch you up on something. It's more like, did they say something incredibly offensive at a social event that no professors were at or you know like those sorts of things like we're not like spying on them per se but it's more broad strokes uh were they good or not yeah like don't get way too drunk <laughs> yeah exactly like um definitely like if you drink like enjoy the drinks because they are free which is really nice um but just like keep your wits about you because um, interactions with the students are super important as much as they are with the professors because the grad students will be your peers once you're here so uh, don't be a jerk. That's great advice for life. <laughs> uh, yeah honestly for all 
all stages of life don't be a jerk. <laughs> so the one piece of advice that my professor gave me that really um, shifted my perspective was not only are you there to impress the school, but the school is there to impress you. So, you know, so while you're interviewing to get a spot in the program, they're also trying to attract you to the program. So take the time to revel in it, you know, enjoy your time there because you are being wooed by the university. Um, it will give you good food and free drinks and fun times. So um, enjoy it as much as you can because it is nice being wooed. And also just like use that as a chance to also uh, be critical of the university, not like mean critical per se, but like this is about your match for the next five to seven years and a PhD is hard. So you want to make sure that this is in the kind of environment that you like. So um, don't forget to to take the opportunity to also think about um, how the school is impressing you and uh, not just how you're going to impress the school. So Ethan, what do you remember from your interview experience? I remember when I think back to graduate school interviews, I remember this was in 2014. So it was a different, different time, but it was, I was on a plane and I remember I'd printed off these packets, like for every uh, institution I was interviewing at, I would have a several papers that I, I had made, not, not the actual papers, but I, I would have just a description of the professor I would usually have their picture. It was like a, it was like a creepy docket. Like, you know, it's like, I felt like it was just like, you know, you're studying this like one person and you have so much information on them. And it was like their picture, their profile. It was some facts about them, whatever I could dredge up from Google. And, but I was trying, I really wanted to like know who they were as people. Cause I thought that would maybe help me in terms of having just like a rapport with them. I remember when somebody I, interviewed with I think his parents were like clockmakers and I thought I think that even came up in the interview um, but it was helpful to just kind of know a little bit about their background but most importantly just like their recent publications I think I'd printed like the abstracts of like anywhere from like three to five publications and just kind of reviewing those and that was of course immensely helpful like I feel like that's the key thing is like knowing their, their research about them um, but I was always, always felt nervous, uh, felt like it was like a mixture of being nervous and excited. And I remember the programs I liked the most had the interviews right away. And that also made me nervous because I felt that I didn't have time to practice before getting hit with the ones I really wanted to go to. Um, what do you remember about your interview experience, like in terms of preparation? I remember also trying to figure out how to strike that balance of having an authentic conversation where I was asking them a question, not because I had already Googled the answer, but something that I wanted to learn about them while still showing that I had Googled them and had done my research and am a person who can prepare and took interest in them. Um, but without, you know, trying to fill in the gaps already. So the, I think something that was a little unique to my experience was that um, in my time between undergrad and graduate school, I worked with humans. So I was pretty unfamiliar with a lot of rodent research. So that gave me kind of a nice in where I had this like understandable naivete about how to work with rodents and didn't know anything about optogenetics until I started interviewing. So I could just ask the professor like, oh, so what, what is optogenetics? <laughs> like, what's the, like what's the advantage of doing that versus these other things? Um, and we could have some like really interesting debates. Um, and I think coming, I think it's okay to come from a place of not knowing and really just demonstrate your curiosity and interest. And I think that translates as passion. So I think, you know, there is 
I needed to prepare to know what things to talk about. And I, I had a lot of prepared questions, but a lot of them were kind of like, well, don't you like, I, this is my opinion about something like, what's your take on this? Mm -hmm. Um, and then also things like, what do you do for fun? Or like, I was from Philadelphia. I asked like, you know, have you been to Philly? Or like, what's it like to live in this city? Um, yeah. and, and I just remember really focusing on them, took the pressure off of me. And um, I think they like that anyway, like to go into this interview and like with the goal of getting to know them and, and hearing about the program instead of I'm here to impress you, um, was just so much more enjoyable. Uh, I can't remember if I told the story already, but as an undergrad in the biology department at Penn State, they tried to make a mixer between faculty and students. And um, the faculty were so uncomfortable that they had prepared questions. The, the staff had prepared questions for the faculty to ask the students um, <laughs> on their own. And um, I was like feeling uncomfortable. So I just went up to this one professor and I asked him one simple question, which is, what do you, what's your lab about? What, do, what, what research do you do? And I think he just talked at me for an hour and I learned so much. It was like, great. And, but I think what he walked away from that uh, conversation was oh wow what a what a great talk we had <laughs> we <talked so> much <laughs> and he always liked me after that we had a really good rapport and it, you know I think people what they remember is what they said unfortunately that's true um, that's true though yeah and, and the conversation more than more they get to talk so I think going in with a curiosity and interest um is is my uh, recommendation for the right approach that's a great, it's such a good recommendation. And it's, it's not only probably more enjoyable. It's, yeah, it's just so much more like authentic when you're, when you're genuinely interested in them, or if you're not genuinely interested in these faculty, you should also be asking yourself, is this, is this the right spot? So, you know, it's like, if, but if you're feeling excited and like you say too, you know, it's okay not to know, have all the answers. Like, I think that's actually probably a mistake that people make is that you go into it and you're like, I have to know everything about everything. I have to have all the answers. And the thing is, is like, if you already had all the answers and you knew everything, then you wouldn't need to apply to graduate school in, in the first place. And so it's okay, you know, not to have all the knowledge. Professors know that. Um, even when you finish graduate school, I'm afraid to tell you that you will not have all the knowledge still. So there's still like so many questions that are going to be outstanding. Um, exactly. And neuroscience is such an interdisciplinary field. I had four or five years of research experience by the time I was interviewing and still, I mean, that was only, and I had worked in a quite a few different labs, but that was also only those labs that there's so much other kinds of work going on. And yeah, maybe I could read about it, but like that, that's endless to try and understand mm -hmm. all facets of neuroscience research. And I think, yes, departments can have their specialties um, at different institutions, but even still they try to keep a range. So, you know, there's always going to be stuff that you, you don't know. And that's, yeah, that's okay. And as Ethan said, that's the reason you're going to graduate school in the first place. I remember being a student interviewer for interviewees at Mount Sinai and having conversations with people where I'm like, this person already acts like they know everything. And this is like not an interesting conversation. And like, so then why are they here if they don't want to learn from me? Like if they're not interested in asking me questions, I don't know if I think that they yeah. are interested in going to school. <laughs> it kind of comes across as like a, a little obnoxious when people have that sort of supercilious, yeah. uh, like an, I know it all um, attitude. <laughs> and there's, yeah, I think that but um, there is this fear there of um, people being a little bit like, yeah, I think what we want to avoid is bringing in cohorts of students that um, feel entitled to things. I think that mm. does not make for a good uh, cohort of trainees. So um, yeah, that's something that I would 
try to avoid acting like. <laughs> I got a question for you. It's it's about in terms of your preparation of of what you did have for your own, you know, your own research of working in labs. Had you, when you were going into interviews, had you developed a pitch already about the work or was it like, yeah, how, how much of it was prepared and then how much of it was, you know, that sort of spontaneous, let me tell you about my research background. Yeah. Um, I think, right. You don't want to sound too prepared and also you want to tailor what you're saying to your audience. So I knew that I was in a pretty, I was coming from a pretty niche field already working with humans. And then um, it was like neuroendocrinology, not so many people study that or, you know, have any relationship to it. So for most people, I had like a pretty um, quick pitch that I already worked out. Uh, but then for people that were in that field, I didn't have to explain, explain why we would study estrogen, for instance. Um, so we think, yeah, having that flexibility. What about you? I had prepared something like a one to two minute pitch, but yes, it wasn't, it wasn't like I would say verbatim the same thing every time. It was just, I had worked out on paper, I believe sort of what my research was. And it was like trying to keep it under, you know, at about like one minute to two minutes, like description that way or not. Cause you know, you can get nervous and then suddenly five, 10 minutes later, you find you're still talking about something and it's just that that's not good either. Um, but I would gotten it down to about like, you know, one to two minutes is kind of like elevator pitch style of research. And I don't remember if I did this, so I'm not going to say that I did, but I would say as a general point of advice, you know, if you're preparing what you are going to say about your research, um, it's like, yes, if it's like someone where you're talking with somebody from neuroendocrinology, then they're going to be familiar with the terminology, but it's good to not necessarily assume that professors know exactly what you're talking about the moment you start talking about it. So this is, you know, this is just a chance in a sense to like hone your own scientific communication skills. And when you introduce something, you know, give it some context. If you start talking about an area of the brain, think of it in your head, the sentence structure, like this area of the brain, comma, which, you know, mediates this activity, comma, and then, you know, keep going with what you're saying. So, you know, that, that shows, I think, scientific maturity, the ability to communicate your research in a clear um, way and with uh, sufficient explanation, not too much explanation, but sufficient explanation. And, will be impressive to your interviewers that you have a command that some command some mastery over, over the material that you've been studying or producing absolutely and nobody will be offended when you describe something i mean everyone wants to no one wants to feel dumb yeah <laughs> especially when you're you know, i'm a faculty member and as i said <laughs> disciplinary so they're not going to know everything either so yeah. um you want to go in with that right that assumption that um you are the master of your material and we'll be explaining it to everybody. I agree with that a lot. Being of a preparation, uh, this is the great advice I got from my PI at the time, which is that um, publications are great to read, especially recent publications in terms of understanding what they're doing, but actually the best indicator of what they're currently working on and currently trying to understand is are their grants. Um, and a way to look at their grants is if they have, and likely they do, an NIH grant, specifically an R01, that is what the, that is the foundation of their research. That is their program that they are focused on. That's like their, their plan for future years. That's where they're going. Um, and so I think going on nihreporter.com, looking up that professor and looking at their current grants is the best indicator of, of um, what they would most likely want to talk about and what they're working on right now. 
is there anything you remember from your experience interviewing or talking to other current students? Not from the current students. I remember activities. This, the things that I love and I, and you know, one day in-person interviews will be back, but it was always fun visiting the new places and going around the different, you know, cities or campuses. And I just like the conversations. It was fun going out with um, the current students for drinks as well. So like, I loved that social atmosphere. I remember, I, I just remember my interviews. Usually I would leave the room with a crushing sense of that I just did terribly <laughs> because it was such a workup to go into the room. And after so many interviews, it was just, you know, eventually I did get better, but it was, it's always really frightening. And I just think there was maybe some self-confidence where you just left and just like, oh man, I didn't get to say, say what I wanted to say. But if, you know, you're interviewing, try, I would say just as a general sense of advice, try to, try to keep it cool, you know, just try to know it's, it's going to be okay. And you're going to have other interviews, even if, even if one does go really poorly, that you'll, you'll be all right. I remember one interview I felt particularly at ease. It was this professor who was like, it's like I caught him during lunch. It's like they forgot that they had an interview and I walked in and they were just like, they, they were clearly very hungry and they asked me to, I'm, I'm sorry, can you just, can I just eat some soup while we're talking? And the whole time, like we were, we had the interview and it's just like, just eating the soup. And I felt for some reason very at ease there because it was just very humanizing element. <laughs> right, you weren't the main thing for him to focus his attention on. He was also focusing on his soup. <laughs> so I was very hungry. You don't want to do an interview with a hangry professor. That could get that could get disastrous. You do not want to be in between someone and their food. <laughs> exactly. You know, that reminded me of a really important piece of advice, which I don't think is talked about enough in science, but is always look for is if you interview with somebody for grad school applications, also any other point in your career, or even if you're like a visiting speaker or any situation like this, you must send a thank you email the next day or yes. it was next week. Um, thank everybody you interviewed with, if there's a student you interacted with a lot, get people's emails while you're there and, and follow up and thank them. You can also always reach out to the program admin people and ask for emails. Um, people love to, to receive those. I'm still surprised by how many people don't know to do that. Mm -hmm. um, I sometimes forget uh, too, but I think in the other world, of, the world outside of academia, that's very much an assumption that you'll do that. Um, so it, uh, it doesn't look great if you don't. And also it's just, yeah, it's, it's a way to, like I, what reminded me to say that is what you mentioned of, um, if you feel like you missed out on saying something, like say it now, personalize that email, say uh, you, you know, it was great to talk to you about X, Y, and Z. It reminded me of A, um, and I want like, you know, I want to say I looked into this thing that you mentioned, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, make it, make it conversational um, or even just say thanks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just a simple thank you goes a really long way to say, thank, hey, thank you for your time. It's great meeting you and getting an opportunity to talk to you about your research. Yeah, they're, that's, it, they're giving you their time. They're, um, it's a very generous of them to spend time interviewing you. Well, that wraps it up for this episode. And remember, for a successful interview, above all, make sure you prepare by reading about some recent research of the professors you're speaking with. Ask questions and have confidence. You got to where you are by being an impressive candidate, and it's important to remember that programs are also trying to impress you. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at NogginNYU. That's N-O-G-N-N-Y-U. We'd love to hear from you directly about your experiences applying to programs and your interview process, so tweet at us to tell us about it. 
We'll also have one more episode in the series about how to choose a program once you have some offers. 